Good morning and happy Sabbath. So good to see you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We invite you to stand this morning as we usher in the Holy Spirit as we sing Sabbath rest. Come on and sing with us. There we go. Happy Sabbath, everybody. If I can hear me, I guess you can hear me too. Are you glad to be in God's house just one more time? Are you glad to be in the presence of an awesome and mighty God? That sounds like about four or five of us in here. But I know there's more to fit than four and five of us in here. Can we just put our hands together and just magnify the name of the living Lord, our Savior? our king our master the ruler of everything you may be seated we just want to praise god this morning we thank god for another beautiful sabbath day amen what we want to do today we want to we want to just worship god we just want to give him glory amen that's why we're here to magnify the name of the living god because he is worthy to be praised. Yes, he Has he done something great for you? Yes. Has he done something good for you? Yes. Anybody ate this morning? I had an orange. I had an orange, Sister Ben. You got a peppermint. Anybody ate this morning? Amen. I'm so excited to be in God's house just one more time. I know we're celebrating our family and friends day. 
I want to take an opportunity to just welcome each and every one of you here. But I must take a pause for the calls and ask the question, who's here for the very first time? You've never been here before. This is your first time being here at Tabernacle of Praise. Do we have anyone here for the very first time? Amen. Well, listen, well, we want to welcome you. We want to praise God for you. Uh, for being here, for taking time out to come and worship with Amen. us. Let me ask another question. Let me ask another question. I'm full of questions this morning. I'm not going to have my praise team standing too, too long. Uh, but, but, but I have another question. A anybody brought a guest or family member here today? Anybody brought a friend? Yours didn't come. Mine didn't come either. Uh, yours gave excuse. You, you brought someone. You, yourself, what? Uh, your nephew, your great granddaughter, nephew. Can we just wave? Amen. Amen. We uh, let you work that magic before I break something. But we do have gifts. Sister Brenda, you brought someone. You brought yourself. No. Your granddaughters? Yeah. <laughs> Help her clean it up, sister. Help her clean it up. Are, are they twins? Can I get some names? Can I get some names? My Lord. Ryan. Ryan and Raven. Ryan and Raven. Well, we welcome you here to Tabernacle of Praise and this distinguished gentleman sitting next to you. I think we had the pleasure of meeting once before. Mm -hmm. The mass is just, a, it's just treacherous up in here. What, what, do we have something for our guests today? What, what do we have for now? We actually have a $20 Gas card. Amen. Are we driving? Are we? <laughs> Sister Brenda. Amen. Now, now these are for your grandbabies. They are. Sister Brenda. That's for. That's for Sister Brenda. <laughs> Sister Lewis, how you doing this morning? Who you have with you this morning? Who do you have with you this morning? Mercedes. She, she, I'm not even going to touch that one. I mean, every now and again, I forget mine too, but... But, but that's all right. You don't, cla you don't claim it yet. Amen. Amen. Well, we want to welcome you back home. Amen. We want to welcome you back home. Can we put, Mercedes, can we put our hands together? 
Are they coming in out? Now don't go outside. You're going outside finding sisters and brothers, sister Brenda. She going out on the curve getting them. They our gas car, sister Brenda. Go. They're, they've been here before. What's your grandson's name, sister um, Lewis? Tez. Are you driving? You drove down. You're not driving. But Sister Lewis, since you drove them, we have a gas car for you as well. You give it to them. It'll be useful, I know. It costs 75 to fill it up. Well, I don't know if you won't, won't fill it up, but you'll be able to. Thank you. Who are we missing? We want to just we want to just bless the saints today, sister sister Carmeline. Yeah, could you? Yeah. My granddaughter Oriel Dotson and my nephew Zalik Moore. Celine. No, Zalik. 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 Moore. Yes. All right, Zalik. Sister Ariel, I've been missing you. Amen. Been missing in action. Amen. But we want to welcome you back home. We do have a gas car for you. Zalik, could you come and grab this for her, please, sir? She got the... Nah, your hands is um, too willing. <laughs> Thank you, sir. God's been good to you. He's truly worthy of all the praise. Listen, we want to continue celebrating our family and friends day. We want to encourage everyone. I know we all have been inviting individuals, been encouraging individuals to come. Amen. But it's just good to be able to come in God's house and fellowship and, and magnify his name for he is truly worthy to be praised. Amen. We just want to continue to trust him even when we can't trace him. But we know that we serve a God that is able to do all things but fail. Um, at this time, I do want to turn our attention. I'm going to ask our praise team. You can go ahead and, and do grab a seat. I'm going to go ahead and, and um, have um, Brother Thomas come up. Um, and then we'll get back to another present. Yes, please have a seat. Um, Brother Andre, if you can cue the video for us real fast. And we'll have Brother Jenkins come up here. He wants to share something with our youth. So Brother Jenkins, if you can come at this time. Have you been wondering what to do this summer? You've been sitting at home bored. You've been missing your friends from throughout the conference. Well, listen, we've got exactly what you need. It's called Youth Summit 2022. It's taking place July 21st to the 24th here in St. Louis, Missouri at the Northside Seventh-day Adventist Church. And listen, this weekend is going to be amazing as we get together the young people from the entire Central States Conference and we're going to worship God. 
Our theme for the weekend is growing with God, and we're going to help you grow in all sorts of different areas of your life. Our speaker for the weekend is Pastor B.C. Nwade. Listen, he is so dynamic as a speaker. He's one of my favorites, and I know you'll be blessed hearing from him. We've also got uh, national recording artist Kalante Gavin. If you don't know of him, listen, you need to check him out. Follow him on social media because he is incredible, y'all. And so we're excited to have him doing a concert for us that Saturday night. Throughout the three days we'll have together, we're also going to have workshops on topics like mental health, community outreach. Uh, We'll have workshops for parents, for chaperones and youth leaders. We're going to try to make sure everybody receives a blessing from the weekend. And so we want to see you there. We're going to have gear for you like these t-shirts, like special water bottles and hats and all sorts of different stuff. Listen, it's going to be incredible, but we need you there. And so you can register right now at csayya.org slash events. Again, csayya.org slash events and you can register there for only a hundred twenty five dollars as a delegate listen that is an amazing deal for the experience that you're going to get and once you register you'll receive a link to be able to book a hotel there in the city if you need one listen it is going to be an incredible amazing experience together maybe you are also just wanting to be able to come on out for the concert that evening with Kalante Gavin tickets are available to our Central States Conference family first for only $15 to be able to attend the concert. We hope that you will be there for it. Maybe with all the different costs, you're like, man, pastor, how am I going to make this happen? Well, we encourage you to talk to your pastor. We encourage you to talk to your youth leader and try to get young people from your church to all come together, travel together, stay in a hotel together, and that will help to defray some of the costs. But I don't believe really these are costs. I believe everything that you put into this is an investment in our young people. And speaking of investments, maybe you're young at heart, uh, but you're seasoned in age and you still have a heart for young people. You love them and you want to support. Well, we want to invite you to be a sponsor for the Youth Summit. We're going to have uh, opportunities for you to give and be a patron, a bronze, silver, gold, or platinum giver. Maybe you want to give not only as an individual, but through your business or through other charitable entities that you know in your sphere of influence. You can definitely give and support uh, so that our young people can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Maybe you can give uh, prizes uh, and gift cards and resources that will be helpful to us. And you see the information there on the screen for how to be able to give and support the Youth Summit and support our young people and help them to be able to have this amazing experience. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, or you just need more information, you can reach out to me at rogers.k at central-states.org. You can also scan the QR code there on your screen and be able to receive updates as we get ready for this experience together with you and with God. So we hope to see you there July 21st to the 24th in St. Louis, Missouri, Northside SEA Church, as we continue to grow with God.
What did we get, Brenda? Did we get Brenda something? Uh, you got it. Eight hours. Yeah, I remember. Okay. I'm sorry. 85 hours now. I, and I, you probably think as a young kid, like, why should I go? The parents probably think, why should I take my, I'll send my kids there? A good philosopher, a good philosopher by the name of Percy Rutherford told me that your kids are going to be influenced more around the world than they are in front of you. Maybe I didn't say that right. Meaning that they are in school from hours of seven to five, they probably go to a job afterwards. You only got two hours with them at night. But they're going to be influenced by the world way more than they are when they are in front of you, okay? A good, another philosopher by the name of Paul Harris told me that we tend to sugarcoat the dangers of the world out here and what happens to our kids out here. The world might tell them, go out here, YOLO, you want to have one life to live, live up to the fullest, and not tell you about any dangers or repercussions afterwards. He, told, he said something about sugarcoat. We shouldn't sugarcoat it. Hey, it's, when you mess up, you might not get a second chance to redeem yourself. You know, so I think it's very important that you send your kids there. Uh, it's only from the, the July 21st to the 24th, 85 bucks. The um, conventions and workshops we have, you just won't have people in front of you saying, thou should not do this, thou should not do that. They're going to make it very practical about how to live life out here and how to defeat Satan, in a sense, you know. So definitely come out there. I need to know by tomorrow who's always going to attend, you know, any chaperones, any um, kids who wants to go. So I'll be contacting you guys before 7 o'clock tomorrow for an answer, okay? Thank you. Amen. Thank you, um, Brother Thomas. We definitely appreciate your leadership, um, encouraging our youth and our young people. Amen. Um, and so I just want to echo what um, Brother Thomas just said as far as um, being that example to our youth. Um, we want to support our youth. We want to um, encourage them. Uh, most of them, as we just found out, um, don't have cars, amen. They have permits, amen, uh, but they don't have cars. And so they need us as adults, as parents. One of the things that um, my wife and I did when our children was younger um, is we had them at every youth function possible. Um, and if the truth be told, um, Sister Lynette, I think we had them there more so for us than for them <laughs> because we had a ball um, taking them to those youth um, function. So we want to encourage you to, if you have a young person, you want them to go, come see us. Let's see how we can make that happen. Amen? Amen. Amen. At this time, we do want to continue on um, in the spirit of celebration. Um, let me just ask the question. I know this is, seems like a little lengthy here, um, but how many celebrate birthday this week? Any, any birthdays this week? June. Did we miss June? This month? <laughs> Let's go back to June. How about we go back to June? <laughs> we still in June, amen. All the birthdays in June. Just, 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 just stand for me. Just, just stand for me. June. Amen. Come on, stand back up. We're going to sing to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy Amen. 
Now I know, I know. Now is that a is that a husband and wife team? They celebrating their birthdays together, or is it separate, or what are we doing back there? <laughs> Amen. Because of the because of the setting, we're not gonna do the the um the other version. But we do celebrate you, amen. We thank God for you. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> you do it, amen. That's all right. That's all right. That's what we do. But we celebrate you. Any anniversaries? June anniversaries. Amen. We well, praise the Lord for you for being here. Um, we do want to celebrate. You had a May anniversary? May. The 29th? 39 years. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to have to stay close to you, brother. Stay close to you. Amen. But we do want to celebrate someone else. Um, this individual here is, is truly, truly a blessing to me. Um, every time I call this individual, um, it's always, first, first I got to be honest with you. Um, you know, you just don't know how to take this person at times. But after, after a while, <laughs> see, I shouldn't have said that because y'all know who I'm talking about now. <laughs> I tried to phrase it in a way where I left you hanging on the cliff, but that right there, everybody know <laughs> who it is. Well, I'm not even going to hold out, Sister Brenda. You, you have truly been a blessing to us here at Tabernacle of Praise. You have truly been... A blessing. I know this is long time overdue. Come on up. Come on up just a little bit higher. You've been faithful over a few things. <laughs> we celebrate you today, Sister Brenda. We want to say that we love you. We thank you. We thank God for you. Amen. Yeah, this is your moment. We want you to shine bright. We want you to shine bright. So bright that you have folk putting on sunglasses. Because you just shining bright up here, but we do. We oh, yes, we thank you, we love you, and we appreciate you. Amen. <laughs> Let's put our hands together for Sister Brenda. Best known as friend. Amen. <laughs> Did you give up your car, sister? You gave your car? I know that's right, Elder Harris.
but certainly not least, you know, we always recognize the pastor as being the shepherd of the church. But there's a person that is equally as important as the pastor. And that's none other than the first lady. Sister Melanie Fields, we want to recognize the first lady of Tabernacle of Praise being the wind beneath the pastor's wings. Her quiet and gentle strength undergirds the church. You all don't know what a blessing Sister Fields is to this church. Her quiet spirit, she always has a beautiful spirit. And we just like to give a token of our appreciation and love to the First Lady for all that she does. You know, she counsels, she sings, she preaches. God has given her so many gifts. And I know the pastor, we are all grateful and thankful. And we just want to say we love you. And we want to support the First Lady. Amen. Let's stand and give her a good show of love. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we have, we have those three flowers. And I know my First Lady wants to say something. I just want to thank God for this woman of God, because behind every man, there's a better woman. And I just want to say, she's beautiful, not only on the outside, she is truly a godly woman. And I've never heard negativity from anyone out of her mouth. She always encourages, she edifies, she uplifts us all. She's there for each and every one of us. She is truly a part of our top family. And we just want to say thank you for who you are and who you have allowed God to, to uh, have you become. And we appreciate you very much. Amen. Happy Sabbath. I can't get up here and not say something, but I just thank each one of you guys, um, especially when our family was sick, when we got sick after coming back from camp meeting. Um, you guys brought food over and groceries and medicine and all kinds of stuff. And we just thank God for you guys because it's a blessing to have a church family that is, is willing. You don't even ask and they're just bringing stuff over. So I just praise God for each one of you. I praise God for acknowledging me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even though I give him a hard time and I tell him I work for shoes and handbags. But um, I just, I'm, I'm blessed to be by his side and to be a support. So thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Yeah, this, this, this last person, she don't know this is coming um, and this is about to happen. But um, Sister Bev... Sister Bev, you are true. I just want to acknowledge you. I really do. I want to just take this time to let you know how much we appreciate you. I mean, you go above and beyond. And if I may say, even when it's uncomfortable for you, you will ride or die. And we thank God for you. We love you. We appreciate you. You are there. If I call Sister Bear for anything, she's right there. When our family was transitioning here, it was Sister Bear over at the house along 
with Elder Harris and a couple others, making sure that everything was together. You didn't have to do that. And you're still the same, the same way you were when we moved here. You're still that person. So we love you. I want to say thank you so much for loving on us. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I know, I know this is, this is a bit over the top, but we, <laughs> but we do, we love you, we love you, we thank God for you. I'm going to invite the praise team back up at this time as we continue on with our service. Let me just add quickly, the pastor's wife, um, she got indoctrinated when she invited me over for food, and let me let you know that it was good for you uh, people that eat meat and whatever, she had the best baked fish I've ever had, friend. Oh 
God we serve, a God that is able to fix the broken heart, that is able to fix 
relationships that is able to mend and cover us danger seen and unseen there's so much that he does as I stand here and prepare to go before the throne of God I know that there are those among us that needs God's touch right now I lift up our our brother and friend, Brother Price. There's so much going on. The enemy is busy. Even our very own elder and sister Harris. The enemy is busy. I look out and I don't know your story. I don't know all your all your issues and all your dramas, but I can I can assure you that whatever it is that you're going through, you're not alone. I look at my family and I know that God is real. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's a struggle. But we serve a God that is able to do all things but fail. So I encourage you as we go before the Lord in prayer that you remember those that are sick and shut in. Remember those that are bereaved. Remember our top family. Pray for those that are having financial challenges and pray for marriages. Pray for our children. There's so much. Pray for this country. For those that choose to come close, we do invite you to come. But if you want to remain in your seats, we ask if you can reverently kneel or bow your heads as we approach God's throne. It's prayer time. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we are so thankful. We're so privileged, we're so honored to be able to open up our mouths and to bless your name. For you truly are a God worthy of praise. A God that is able to do all things and cover us in the midst of it all. Father God, words cannot even begin to describe how great you are. But we thank you that you have given us this means of connecting with heaven to be able to come before you with our petitions and lay them at your feet. We're so thankful that you don't turn a blind eye nor a deaf ear. But before we even formulate the words on our lips, you have already devised the plan of our escape. And so we just want to say thank you this morning. Thank you for being a great God. Thank you for being a loving God. With all the power that you have, Father, you could be so many things, but you choose to be love. And so we thank you today. As we come, Father, with bowed heads and humble hearts, we are asking that you will search us and to forgive us of our sins. We ask that you will cleanse us even now from all unrighteousness and allow your Holy Spirit to move mightily through our lives that Wherever we go, Father, whatever it is that we do, that your name will be glorified. 
I lift up before you in a very special way, Brother Price and his family and his, as he go through this crucible experience, oh God, we ask that you would give him the strength that he needs. We ask that you will hold him up with your righteous right hand. We pray for healing for his family this morning. We pray for deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. Not by power nor by might, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. And so, Father, we're looking for heaven to move now. We're looking, Father God, for your Shekinah to fall afresh. And when we leave here, oh God, when Brother Price leave, he will know that at the end of this prayer that you have already dealt with it. We lift up before you the Harris family this morning. We pray for Dad Harris right now, Father, who is laying on his bed of afflictions. We're asking God that you will restore the joy of his salvation. That you will strengthen him and his limbs right now, oh God. Father, we ask that you will hold up Elder Harris and, and Sister Lynette and Sister Yvette, oh God. We ask that you will hold the family intact in the name of Jesus as dad go through these health challenges. We're asking God for you to step in right now and that you will mend the situation. That you will let your name be proclaimed. Father God, Dad Harris needs you. The siblings need you. The family needs you, God. We need you, Jesus. So, Father, have your way today. Do it now in the name of Jesus. Father God, we ask that you will cover our top family. Those that are dealing with health challenges. Those that are battling with financial issues. Those that are having relationship issues, oh God. We pray right now in the name of Jesus. That you will show yourself strong. Father, that you will show yourself strong. Be with those that are bereaved this morning. Father, let your light shine down from heaven. And let it fill this room. Father God, let your presence be made known. For at the end of the day, oh God, it's not I, but it is Christ. So Father, cover this service today. Cover the family of God today. Cover the children, oh God, today. We thank you for our guests and family and friends and and our members that have returned back home. We pray that you would do something special today. That they will reminisce over the love relationship that they have with you, oh God. And that they will ask that question, what must I do? So Father, do what you do, oh God. And create in all of us a clean heart. Renew the right spirit within us. Thank you, Father, for covering us. Keeping us safe over the highways. We bless you today, oh God. We honor you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. What you're doing. And what you are about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. amen.
Okay, now, um, is somebody outside and they are having a really, really hard time. So they need to be reminded that God loves them Amen. and that he's taking care of them. Amen. So when I say, God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. He is worthy to be praised. Oh, yeah. And I'm so grateful that you guys got ticked a hint. Amen. And you spoke loud enough for someone outside. Because we're in some very, very difficult times now. It's not easy out there. And if you had a good week, you should be up singing, hollering, jumping around. Because some bad things happened this week. But it didn't happen to you. So that's a blessing all by itself. You walked up in here. You didn't limp in here. You're not lame. You're not blind. You are blessed. You're blessed by God. I want us to focus on the Sabbath school lesson. So for those of you who are visitors, Sabbath school is when we come together in the morning. We're doing it on the phone right now. And uh, we're talking about the lessons which teach us how to be good, good Christian men and women. It helps us to understand the Bible better. We get to discuss. You get to say what you think about it. And then hopefully, you know, another person will be very kind and respectful, which they usually are. And we have very, very good discussions so that was my shameless plug for Sabbath school. So we'd like to see more on the line, but if not, we enjoy, we're enjoying ourselves. So I want to point out Joseph. We talked about um, um, Genesis, the book of Genesis this year, this year. I mean, this past quarter. And Joseph's life, if you look at it, um, it was really, it seemed like it went down, you know. He got sold as a slave. And then it got good. He went to Potiphar's house. He was a slave for that house. Then it got worse. He was in jail. You know, and you think to yourself, oh, my goodness. You know, we don't, all we see is that we're reading in this chapter, the brother sold him into slavery. Well, let's go back. His father made him this coat. Now, let's just be honest. If my mom made somebody a coat of many colors and I got a drab white or black, that's going to be a problem for me. <laughs> So their brothers had a problem. You know, they didn't like that. And then Joseph, I think he kind of got a big head about that coat. And he started, I had a dream. Y'all bow down to me. Ain't nobody trying to hear that, right? No one wants to hear, I'm going to bow down to you. You don't know, I got as much pride as you do. So when we look at that and we look at the end where he was like the vice president of the United States, if you will, of Egypt, he wasn't even a citizen of Egypt. That's, hum that's humongous. And we might think to ourselves, well, nothing like that will happen to me. You know, he was a good person. Well, you know, we went back to that first thing where Joseph was kind of entitled. You know, I'm the head honcho. I go look down for my brother so I can come back and report. He was a little snitch telling everybody, telling all people what they were doing. And so Joseph had his own stuff. And he couldn't become, y'all need to hear this because this is important. He could not become what God wanted him to be until his stuff was taken care of. So if you're having a bad time right about now, wherever you are in your life, whatever you're going through, it's not that God doesn't see and that he doesn't have a hand over that, that he's not in control of that. He knows what he needs you to become. Young people, you have a whole future ahead of you. You can be anything in this world that you want to be. And I will say to you what I said to my daughter when she was 18. 
We did all we can for you. All that I knew to do, I did. I really did. And I'm getting ready to take out a stick of gum. I'm going to lean up on my car. I'm going to chew my gum, and I'm going to watch what you do. Because from now on out, it's on you. So from now on out, whether you go up or down, God is with you, but it's on you. The decisions you make, even if you're 6, 7, 4, 5, 59, 80, 75, those decisions ultimately is on you. So I want to say to you guys, there's a song. I love this song because I know some of us are hurting. In all of the celebrations and the smiles that we receive today that we share with each other, some of us are hurting. So this is my, one of my favorite songs. It says, be not dismayed, whatever be tied. Mm-hmm. God will take care of you. That's right. Be his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. That's right. And then it goes on for all the rest of the song is God will take care of you. That's right. In every way, uh, in all the way, God will take care of you. God will take care of you. That's right. I want you guys to remember that young people, no matter where you go, God will take care of you. Do not say, well, I was prideful, so God won't. Oh, yes, he will. So was Joseph, you know? Do not say I'm in prison now so I can't. Oh, no, no, no. God will take care of you. Ultimately, when we turn it over to God, it's in his hands, and he will take care of you. Everybody have an awesome Sabbath. Enjoy this upcoming week, and especially enjoy the word from God. Make today an awesome day. And let the deacons come forward. I want you all to remember throughout this week, God is taking care of you. How much would it cost you to replace one eyeball? Can you imagine what that is? How much that will cost? How much would it cost you to have one little pinky put back on your hands? So since the Lord kept your eyeballs this week, and since the Lord kept your fingers this week, let us not hold back from God because he is not holding back from us. He loves us so much. Let us bow our heads and pray. Most honorable Father, how grateful we are for your goodness and your mercy, your kindness, dear Lord, that you allow us to walk in here and walk out. Now, Lord, we know how good you've been to us. Help us to at least return the tithe that you asked us. And Father, by the grace of God, all of the offerings that you have put in our hearts to give, help us to return it. Take these offerings and turn them from a secular use into a sacred use so that others may be saved and know the word of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray and praise you always. Deacons, you may take up the tithes now.
Can we put our hands together one more time? As we, as we reflect over how, how far he has brought us. I was listening to Marvin Sapp last night and he said something like, my story may not be your story. I can't look at far he brought you. I don't know what he's done for you. I can probably imagine some things that he's done for you. I might, I might be able to, to think of a couple of things that may even get it right. But I can't tell your story. You can't tell my story. So when I look back over my life, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, and all that he's done for me. That's when my soul begins to cry out. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah. Oh, I thank God. Oh, I thank God. I thank God for saving me. I thank you. As always, praise team, musicians, you've ushered us into the presence. Music is powerful. Music speaks from a place where just mere speaking can't touch. Sometimes when you put it in a song, it changes the dynamics thank you so much again I'm going to get into this word today in the book of in the book of turned it off and, and everything went left right but I'm still here amen in the book of Luke chapter 7 in the book of Luke chapter 7 starting with verse 18 it's where we'll find our reading today <laughs> you pray for me 
as these words are a little small. But I'm going to read from the screen. I left them in my bag in the office. It's all good. I, I tend to do that at times. I make every, have every intentions on have You know, you have a routine. So you got your keys, your wallet. Yeah, yes, I'm going I'm to I'm do my best to, because I don't want to turn around. But my wife is she, she, she's going to look for him. Amen. Yes, I did. I don't do contacts. I'm just now getting to the point where I'm able to put eye drops in my eyes, seeing for whatever reason, when the drop about to come out, my eye closed. Oh. Somebody know what I'm talking about. And they say, well, don't look at it. How can you not? They say, don't look at it. Look out to the side. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Amen. Amen. I can see. I can see. Amen. Make sure I'm reading the right text and giving you the right information. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, if you can stand with me in honor of the reading of the Word of God found in Luke chapter 7. My voice even sounds better. <laughs> Luke, <laughs> Luke chapter 7, we want to start with verse 18 and we'll read all the way down to verse 24. And we'll read responsibly as always. The Bible says in Luke chapter 7, verse 18, it says, Then the disciples of John to him concerning all these things. When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? Verse 22 says that Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are healed or cleansed, the deaf they hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And verse 24 goes on to say, When the messengers of John had departed, he began to speak to the multitude concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reshaken by the wind. Today I want us to just take a look at are you the coming one or do we look for another? Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Let us pray. Father, again, we thank you once again for what you have done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. Have your way now. I must decrease that the word of God may increase into your hands I commit my spirit in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of an awesome and holy God. 
When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many the blind he gave them sight. He gave them sight. Luke's gospel begins by establishing John, that John was Jesus' faithful forerunner. One who apparently recognized Jesus' identity from inside his mother's womb. You may be familiar with the story, but let me just help you out. When Mary received the news that she would be carrying Jesus the Christ, uh, the Messiah, uh, she went over to Elizabeth's house and to share uh, this wonderful news. And when she got there, um, Elizabeth, who was already pregnant with John, the Bible says that when Elizabeth just heard the voice of Mary, that the babe inside of her leaped for joy. And so even John, in the womb of his mother, recognized the Messiah in the womb of his mother. Not only that, but the Bible says that when Mary spoke and Elizabeth heard the voice that the babe in her leap, the text goes on to say that then Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And so John, from within his mother's womb, knew who Jesus was. John had been the voice calling in the wilderness. John had been that one proclaiming to no uncertain terms that the Messiah was coming. Jesus was on his way. But by the time we get to Luke, we see John seems to have lost his patience. Uh, are you really the one? Uh, or should we look for someone else? John, who knew Jesus, John, who spoke of Jesus, John the Baptist, who preached about Jesus. As a matter of fact, it was John when he looked out in the distance and saw Jesus approaching the Jordan as John was out baptizing, looked and saw Jesus and says that here comes the one whom sandals I'm unworthy to untie. John knew who Jesus was. John had no issues with Jesus being the Messiah, but it seems like a fair question to ask, so one we can easily imagine as laced with disappointment with the Proverbs says in Proverbs chapter 13 uh, that, that, that hope is deferred. You see, John is now in a place. John who witnessed for Jesus. John who spoke about Jesus. John who every day of his life lived to proclaim the coming of the Lord. 
John, who did everything that he knew the Father had called him to do. John, the one that disturbed, that, 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 that um, changed even his appetite. John, the one that made sure that he put nothing defiled inside of his body. I'm talking about John, the one that was mindful of what he entered into his psyche. John, the one that spoke of Jesus, is now in a place where he's asking the question, are you the coming one or should we look for another? I don't know about you, but John is in a place right now. Uh, maybe you've been in a place where you've done everything that you know to do. You've watched all of the series. You've read all of your Bible verses. You've done everything that you've known to do. You've honored the Sabbath and you kept it holy. You've done all of those things. You've studied your Bible and you prayed three times a day, but yet you find yourself up in a John situation where you're asking Jesus, are you the one? Are you the one? Or should we look for another? I've, I've lived my life every, every day of my life. I've, I've watched myself. I watched what I've did and, 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 and what I've done. I made sure uh, that I was very careful in how I dealt with my enemies. And, and I was very mindful of, of how I dealt with the homeless. And, and I was very strategic on how I ministered to the that are in need, but now I'm asking the question, are you the one? Why, 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 why is it that John is asking this question? You see, John's question uh, 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 here is not foreign to many of us. Uh, 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 the status quo hasn't changed. Those in power uh, continue to abuse their privilege. And John sees this. John sees that, 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 that what the Messiah was supposed to do, uh, uh, that I understand, uh, to set the captives free and to give us our liberty, but yet those that are in power are still wrecking things and still doing their own thing and still making matters worse. Black lives still don't matter. I'm trying to figure out, Jesus, uh, what's the point? What is going on here? And John is simply asking the question, uh, uh, should we look for somebody else? Because times are, are only getting worse. Uh, the situation uh, is only becoming a little bit more challenging. It's even harder now uh, to love today uh, than it was yesterday. Uh, Jesus, uh, should we be looking uh, for someone else? So John has a valid question. Uh, uh, John understands the times in which he's living in. This here disappointment clouds his vision. You see, John, uh, as I just he knew Jesus. Uh, he recognized Jesus. You see, one thing about a, a ministering on behalf of Jesus, see, he will never send you somewhere that he hasn't already prepared the way for. He's not going to put you in a situation that he hadn't already waited out. One thing I love about my God, that he will put no more on me than what I am able to handle. So if I'm able to go to it, he'll bring me through it. 
John's question reveals that his disappointment, it clouds his vision. He cannot see what is happening before him. John, the prophet in the wilderness, is blinded to the one whom crowds have declared just a few verses earlier as a a, a great prophet. Now John is not seeing Jesus as this great prophet. Uh, John is now looking uh, from the lenses of disappointment because what I'm expecting to see, uh, what I'm expecting to happen uh, is not happening. Uh, What I'm expecting God to do uh, in my family's life uh, is just not happening right now. Uh, What I'm looking for God to do uh, is just not lining up. Uh, What I'm looking for God to say uh, to my situation is not being said. I need to look in another place. The truth of the matter is many of us have done just that uh, because things have not lined up the way that we see them or the way that we think that they should be lined up. We can't leave the church. We tend to leave Jesus and we tend to go looking elsewhere to try to find what only God can give. You see, there are times when we all have that moment when we doubt, uh, that moment when we question God. Uh, we all have those moments when it seems as this, as if the best thing for me to do is to just simply check out. Uh, uh, many of us, uh, uh, some of us, if not all of us, have gotten to a point in our experience where we've had enough. Jesus tells John's disciples, I need you to go and tell him some things. But before we get there, I need you to understand four C's. And I'm going to get out of your way. Uh, First C we need to understand is John's condition. You see, John's condition, uh, uh, we must understand who John was. You see, in the Old Testament, it was foretold that before the Messiah would come, that a prophet would come and would prepare the way. And according to the passage, like Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 through 5, this prophet would be a voice calling out, in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. We are told that in Matthew chapter 3 and, and Luke chapter 3 that this prophet was none other than John the Baptist. And in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus compares John to the prophet Elijah. This is why John was the greatest person born of a woman up to that time and was the greatest of all the prophets. In other words, he was the one who would herald or call out or cry aloud the coming of the Messiah. And John preferred perform his God-given responsibilities very well. Multitudes came out to the wilderness to hear him preach and to be baptized by him. Matthew chapter 3 verse 5 says that that Jerusalem, all of Judea and all the surrounding regions went out to see him. 
It was not because he told them uh, what their itching ears uh, wanted to hear, but John, uh, John spoke about repentance. John preached about sin. John preached the, 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 a, a very hard message. One day as John was preaching, the Bible says that Jesus came to hear him preach. And the gospel of John tells us that when Jesus, uh, when John the Baptist saw Jesus, uh, he proclaimed, behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. So make no mistakes about it, family of God. John knew who Jesus was. John performed this task perfectly. He did everything that he knew that he was supposed to do. Even John baptized Jesus. And from that time on, John's influence and popularity began to to diminish and some of his own disciples some of the disciples that John baptized left John and began to follow after Jesus people stopped coming to hear him preach and they went instead to listen to Jesus and when someone asked John felt about this, what was his response? Oh, I love the way John 3, uh, 30 puts it. John says, uh, he says that Jesus must become greater and I must become less. Uh, He must increase uh, that I must decrease. Uh, You see, John understood uh, his role uh, and his responsibility. So he probably didn't know just how much, uh, just how much less he would become. So what has happened to John for him to ask this question, are you the coming one or should we look for another? I would suggest that we look uh, 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 to a detail from Luke uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 19. Uh, John has been imprisoned by Herod. Matthew's version uh, uh, of this story states explicitly that John is in prison when he sends out his disciples to go to Jesus to ask this question. So here is what happened. Uh, uh, King Herod. Uh, uh, went to visit his brother Philip. Uh, uh, Philip was married to the most beautiful uh, woman in the land. Uh, uh, This woman named Herodias. Maybe it was her name uh, Herod liked the most. Uh, But Herod became so infatuated uh, with this woman uh, that he forced his brother Philip to divorce her. So that he could marry her. And the tabloids had a heyday about this most recent political scandal. But John was not amused. Instead, John rebuked King Herod, saying it is not lawful for you to have her king. The king and those in authority, you know how it is, those in authority never like to be told they are wrong. And so Herod arrested John and put him in prison. 
So Luke is very ambiguous about where John is when he sends his disciples, but Matthew lays it out very clear. Still, the point is, is that Herod had imprisoned John, and this is significant because Jewish expectations were that the Messiah would proclaim release to the captive. In other words, they were looking to be set free. They were looking uh, for, to be free from their, their oppressor. And so John must have been wondering how this, his experience squared with he, what, what he had been proclaiming about the Messiah for years. How is it then that this Messiah, who I know is the Messiah, but yet I'm still in chains. I know he's the, the, the sent one, but yet the people are still not free. Are you the one? So but what happens later as we come to Luke chapter 7, John, John finds himself in prison and he does not, he, he, he doesn't know what is going to happen to him. Uh, uh, but while he is uh, languishing in his prison chains uh, and comfortable stone bed, uh, he begins to get reports about Jesus. Uh, the reports are not what he had, had expected. They do not meet his notions of what the Messiah was supposed to be doing. John becomes confused. John is now wondering what's going on, which brings me to my second seer. Not only, not only was John, was John, his condition was messed up, but now he's confused. And so in Luke chapter 7, in which we just read, uh, 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 we see he, he, he sends two, John sends two of his disciples to question Jesus, to ask Jesus, uh, are you the one? Are you the one? Or should we be looking for someone else? It is important to recognize that not all Jews responded to this complex political uh, situation the same way. You see, John and many other Jews along with him expected a Jewish Messiah who would redeem Israel from Roman oppression and usher in the Messianic era. They were looking for this relief. They were looking for this deliverance. They were looking, oh, my freedom is on its way. Now I will be able to be out from under the Roman thumb. Now I will have freedom to come and go as I please. Now I can go to the store and not have to worry about being shot at. I can now go to the bank and drive my car and not worry about getting pulled over because now the Messiah has come to set the captives free. No longer do I have to be conscious about my environment. Because Jesus is here. The Messiah had come. What Jesus had been doing was miraculous. In other words, him healing and, and, and giving sight. That was wonderful. Uh, it, it, it was a well. It was well. Uh, it, it, it was amazing. So John had to ask this question because I'm seeing you healing, folk. I'm hearing you giving sight to the blind. But I'm still being picked on. I'm still 
being targeted. I'm still not being treated as an equal. So John asked the question, should we be looking elsewhere? This doesn't look like the kingdom of heaven. It still looks like the kingdom of Herod and above Herod, Rome. Nothing has changed. Why even submit? And of all the things to be confused about, John is confused about the identity of the Messiah. He is confused about Christ. And certainly while in prison, John receives reports about what Jesus was saying and what Jesus was doing. And some of it seemed right, the healing and the miracles, but a lot of it, most of it, was just plain wrong. Going to parties with drunkards? Really, Jesus? Eating with tax collectors? Is this the Messiah that we're looking for? Hanging out with prostitutes? Really? Jesus? Is this the Messiah that we're looking for? That was not something that the Messiah was supposed to do turning fathers against sons and mothers against daughters didn't sound right either. Wasn't the Messiah supposed to bring peace, love, and unity? And what's all this talk about paying taxes to Caesar and blessing those who persecute you? Really? Jesus? Love my enemy? No, 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 no. That's not what the Messiah was supposed to do. He's supposed to come and give us freedom. He's supposed to come and give us deliverance. Not that. Where were the armies, Jesus? Where was the attack on, on Caesarea? Where was the winnowing fan and the axe laid at the foot of the tree and the fire from heaven as John expected? Where was all of this? Is Isaiah 40, 23 through uh, 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 24, is, is, is that Messiah will bring the princes with the, uh, uh, of the nations? Well, what is going on? Makes the judge uh, of the earth useless, scareless shall they be planted, scarless, scarcely uh, shall they be sown down. So John began to wonder. He began to wonder uh, as he wasted away in jail that maybe, just maybe, Jesus is not the Messiah. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus is not who John thought he was. Maybe, just maybe, he's not who you thought he was either. Maybe, just maybe, you put so much stock in him and so much hope in him, but yet day in and day out, it seems like it's failure upon failure, disappointment upon disappointment, more tears and more tears and more tears and more tears. Surely this is not the Jesus or the Messiah. Should we look somewhere else? Should we look somewhere else, Jesus? Because clearly 
What I'm experiencing right now is not lining up. Uh, the hurt that I feel in my heart, Jesus, the discomfort in my home, Jesus, surely I was told that you will come and mend the brokenhearted. Surely, hallelujah, you're able to still heal the sick and raise the dead. Why then, Jesus, are we still going through this? John calls two of his disciples. Come here. And he asked them, I need you to go and ask Jesus if he is the promised one because what I'm seeing right now in the way the world is going, in the way that my own personal circumstances and situation is unfolding, surely, surely, we, 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 I need to know, are you the one, Jesus? Are you the coming one? Or should I be looking somewhere else? Because enough is enough. I've had it up to here with forgiveness. I've had it up to here with being nice to those who could seem to care less about me. Should I be looking somewhere else, Jesus? So he calls two of his disciples. He says, come here. I need you to go and ask Jesus. I need you to go and ask him. Uh, John refers to the Messiah as the coming one. He is probably referring to Psalms 118, uh, uh, which uses the word uh, uh, to refer to the Messiah, the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And so even in the midst of it all, John is still trying to hold it together. Can you hear it in the text? John is still trying to keep his wits about himself. He's still trying to hold on to the respect. Are you the coming Messiah? This is the same verse that multitudes shout and sing when Jesus entered into Jerusalem on that donkey on that day. Uh, Hosanna to the highest. Hosanna to the highest. Praise be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hosanna to the highest. So John asked him to go and talk to him. Go and see if he is the one. Not only that, we all experience doubt. You see, doubt flourishes in, the, in dark places. You see, John doubts just like we doubt. Uh, but, but see how John handled his doubt. Uh, uh, what do we do when we doubt? When we doubt, we, we stop reading our Bibles. Uh, when we doubt, we stop praying. You see, when we doubt, we stop spending time with other believers. When we began to doubt, we stop coming to the house of the Lord. When we doubt, we just shut it down. But not John. No, no, no. You see, when John, when he begins to doubt, or when his faith begins to get a little weak, or when it began to become a little wavering, John does something that I believe every last one of us ought to take heed of. John reaches out to Jesus for an answer. Are you the one, Jesus? You see, doubt flourishes in dark places. Hear me now. It's like a mushroom. It thrives on the cold, dark, dark, 
loneliness of a human spirit. In other words, in solitude, the questions seem larger, more ominous, more hopeless. You see, in that dark place, uh, John's thoughts began to ring louder uh, than what he knew. Uh, or are you the one? What's going on in here? John was in a dark cell where the mushrooms grow. Darkness feeds doubt, but light dispels it. So when in doubt, go where there is light. Uh, do not neglect time with God. Uh, do not ignore your Bible reading. Uh, do not forsake the assemblings together of other believers. Uh, when in doubt, get as much light possible in your life. When things become a little hopeless, get to the light. When in doubt, turn to Jesus. That's a little bit scary. I know I get it, admitting doubt to the one we are supposed to trust. Uh, but don't be scared, or should I say scared, uh, for a look at how Jesus responds to John. Uh, we can be certain that he responds to us in the same way when we began to doubt. Uh, let's be clear that doubt is all right. Uh, it's all right to doubt uh, as long as you turn to Jesus. And so he doesn't write John off. No, he doesn't. Uh, 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 he doesn't, he doesn't uh, 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 rebuke John. He doesn't reject John. He doesn't write him off. Instead, he kindly and gently and patiently, lovingly shows John once again who he really is. Jesus confirms that he truly is the Messiah. The third C I want us to understand is that Jesus now confirmation to John. You see, verse 20 says that when the men had come to, to him, uh, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? You see, at first, Jesus doesn't say anything to John's disciples. Notice the text. Uh, uh, maybe they were afraid to be the bearer. Question. Uh, maybe they were scared that Jesus would incinerate them on the spot. Instead, he just seemed to ignore their question. Uh, he seemed uh, to shove them off on the side. Uh, and as they stand there, nervously uh, scuffling uh, their feet and casting questions on each other, uh, uh, they see now Jesus at a glance. Uh, and Jesus begins to show them uh, uh, who he is. Uh, he doesn't tell them uh, who he is, but he shows them who he is. That very hour, the Bible said he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil, and evil spirits, and many were blind or now 
able to see. Jesus heals people. He cured them of four things. Uh, together, these four things revealed that Jesus healed them on of everything that was ailing them. Whatever it was, whether it was mental, whether it was physical, whether it was spiritual or emotional, the one thing is the most significant in the context. How is it that of the fourth? In other words, the blind are now given sight. Mm. The blind are now given sight. And though Jesus was healing people of their physical blindness, it is also symbolic of how he heals people of their spiritual blindness. In other words, specifically, John's blindness about who Jesus was. John, sitting in prison, was having trouble seeing Jesus for who he really was. He was blinded by not knowing. His blind spirit in his reading of the Old Testament in which he think that Jesus was not the Messiah. John is blind at this point. He once had sight. He once knew, but now sitting in that dark place, now sitting in that lonely place, John is now blinded. That's why you got to be careful who you hang around. You got to be careful of your environment because your environment could be the very thing uh, that will sap you of your sight. You once had strong faith, uh, but your environment, you kept hanging out in that environment. You once used to pray on a regular, but your environment, you once studied on a regular, but you stayed in that dark place, uh, that environment, and as a result of that environment, you are now spiritually blind. You don't want to pray no more. You don't want to come to church no more. John in that prison is experiencing spiritual blindness. So Jesus said, I'm going to, you know, Norman, my wife and I, we say, I can, I can, what we say, I can show you better than I can tell you. I can show you better than I can tell you. Jesus said, listen, I'm going to show you better than I can tell you. I can tell you who I am, but let me show you who I am. Jesus, through these signs and miracles, is opening now John's eyes. Of course, John was not there to see it personally, but he has sent his two eyes. Oh, help me, Lord. Uh, his two disciples uh, to witness it for him uh, and report back to him uh, what they had seen uh, and as they stood there watching uh, what John what Jesus was doing uh, we can be certain that their eyes were open uh, and they understood clearly who Jesus was all the Jews knew of the prophecies of the Old Testament that the distinguishing mark of the Messiah would be that he would heal give do miracles and give sight to the blind I can show you better than I can tell you. 
These things were happening right in front of John's disciples. Their eyes were open. Jesus had not yet said a word, uh, but they knew uh, the answer to the question. Uh, their teacher, John the Baptist, had been wondering uh, whether Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus gave them ample proof uh, and confirmation uh, of who he is. Uh, he gave to those uh, in the midst. Uh, he opened up the eyes and gave and, 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 and raised the dead. So don't block out your doubts, but examine them very well. Let me end with this last one. Jesus now concludes. Jesus now concludes in verse 22, 23. Jesus answers and says to them, go tell John that. Run and tell that. Go and tell John the things that you have seen and heard, uh, that the blind see, the lame are walking, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf can now hear. Oh, I can see Jesus at that point. Tell me, go and tell John that, that the dead are raised and the poor have the gospel preached to them and blessed is he who was not offended because of me. Don't get caught up in what you're looking at right now. Don't get caught up in your circumstances right now. I just need you, John, just to hold on just a little while longer. I need you to just hang in there, John. Just like the signs mentioned in Luke chapter 7, 21, in which we just read that all these in Luke 22 are prophetic proof that Jesus was and is the Messiah. He concludes at the end of the Gospel of John that John, not John the Baptist, the writer of, uh, of, uh, of um, John, we're not talking John the Baptist, but he says that truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus did all of that to let John know that he is the Messiah. To let you and I know that he is the Messiah. You see, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are eyewitnesses of what Jesus said and what Jesus did. When we feel like we are in prison and we begin to wonder what Jesus is doing, we can call on Matthew, Mark, Luke, and even John to our side and say, tell me once again, Matthew. Tell me once again, Mark. Tell me again, Luke. John, could you refresh my memory? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? Who is Jesus? And they will answer over and over again saying Jesus is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. He is human 
just like you and just like me. He suffered the same things that we suffered. He knows what you're going through. Uh, oh, when I get to that place where I need some assurance, uh, I go to the book uh, and I find my Jesus uh, and I get the comfort that I need, uh, that he is a way maker, that he is a bomb in Gilead, uh, that he knows what I'm going through, that he loves me. He is not angry at me. Uh, he wants to have a relationship with me. He understands that I've messed up. He understands that I've made mistakes. But yet, like John, he still, in a very loving way, says, Come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, upon you, and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yes, you may have questions. Yes, you may have concerns. But that's all right when you place them in the hands of of the master. This is what Jesus is saying to you and to me through Luke. He says it is John's first. It is to John first. But now it is recorded for you and for me. Yes, he spoke of it to John. Yes, John was the example. But Jesus said it's for you as well. You see, the word lets us know that God understands everything that we go through. So don't look around and complain at everything you think should be done. But isn't and things that's not getting done better. In such situations, one or two things are true. Either God doesn't want it to happen someone is being disobedient. I'm going to say that again. Either God don't want that thing to happen. That's why you're still praying. That's why it's not happening for you right now. It very well may be that God is letting you know I'm shutting it down. So it could be that God is preventing that thing from happening or it very well may be we're dealing with some disobedient folk. And that same one, and that someone, very well may be you or I. You see, if God wants something to happen and he lays it on your heart, that's because he wants you to do it. Not to criticize anyone else for doing it, nor should you criticize others who are doing something for the Lord. But John said, God said, I'm giving it to you. This is for you. This is, not, this is not our own thing. John, in that prison, lost sight of the mission. And the truth of the matter is, as I close, the truth of the matter is, we all get to a place where you're wondering what's going on. Why is this happening to me? You see, it's never a good time for tragedy to happen. You've done everything you know to do. You lived your life according to the word of God. You've preached to the madness. You've witnessed to your co-workers. You've done everything that you know God has called you to do. But yet, 
trouble shows up. Yet, your name is still caught in mess. Yet, you're still being talked about. And yet, you're still receiving the, 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 um, the, um, the, um, the bad negativity or the bad light of what happened years ago that you've taken to the Lord in forgiveness. And it seems as if you just can't seem to shake it. God understands. God says, I'll bring these things about because I want you to understand for yourself, even in the most difficult places, even in the most difficult times, you need to know that I am who I said I am. And if mama turns her back, if daddy turns his back, if everybody turns their back, you need to know for yourself. You can't do it for grandmama. You can't do it for granddaddy. Jesus says, I need you to do it because of who I am in your life. Because I can't tell your story. I can't speak your truth. I can't share your goodness. But what I can do is talk about mine. I can share with you how he walks with me and how he talks with me and how he tells me that I am his own. I can tell you my story that I was sinking deep in sin far from a Christian shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me up, and safe am I. I can't tell your story. I can't tell it like you can tell it. Because I don't know what God has done for you, but you know what God has done for you. So at the end of the day, when discouragement, when disappointment, when heartache, when loneliness, when all that stuff creeps in because you cannot be a child of God and not experience disappointment. If you expect to come in here and everything is going to be peaches and cream, you got the wrong idea about like John. It's not going to always be gravy. It's not going to always be sweet. Sometimes stuff has to happen so you can get on your knees and pray. Sometimes God has to allow drama to show up so that you can be mind reminded that he is a deliverer. Sometimes God has to allow sickness up to show up to let you know up that he is a healer. Sometimes God uh, have to allow stuff to just show up uh, to remind you of uh, that you're not alone, uh, but he is a, a friend uh, that's sticking closer than a brother. Sometimes God uh, have to allow tragedy uh, to show up in your life uh, when you least expect it. Uh, you're never prepared for it, and you can never be prepared for it. So when it happens, I just need you to continue to look to Jesus. I just need you to continue to trust him in the midst of it all. Even in the late nights when you're crying your eyes out, I need you to keep Jesus on your mind. As you're crying that night, I want you to hold Jesus. 
Hold him in your arms and let him know how hurtful you are. Let him know the pain that you're experiencing. It's not like he don't already know. But he wants you to bring it to him. Taking all of your cares and casting it on him. Because he that shall come. Will come. And even in prison, you've got to keep your faith. Even in difficult times, you've got to keep your faith. You can't let go. It's too late in the game to let go. Every last one of you under the sound of my voice are here because God sent you here. Far too many times we look for the house to be packed and every chair to be filled. But guess what? The chair that you're sitting in is filled. And that's what you need to be concerned with. Don't be concerned with that other stuff. Because you can get caught up and you end up lost. It's time. It's time. It's time. Are you the coming one? Or should we look for another? I can answer that question. He is the coming one. And guess what? He's here right now. He's here. Oh, yes, he is. He sees all your pain, your hurt, and your experience. He knows. Oh, he knows. Oh, if anybody knows, Jesus knows. If anybody understands, Jesus understands. Today is your day. Real simple request. You know, I am a pastor. And my responsibility to the cross is to make sure that I give each and every one of you one of the sound of my voice an opportunity to make your calling and election sure. Now, I don't want you to be concerned about who's on the left and who's on the right. I just need you to be concerned about who is watching you right now. And that is Jesus. Jesus. That's who we are concerned with this morning. Are you the one? Are you the one that Jesus is calling? Or should we look for someone else? Has Jesus been pricking your heart through this message? Are you the one? Or should we look for another? I declare to you today, that everybody in here, God has called to be the one. That when he cracks the sky, he will call you by your name. The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. And those who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. I don't know about you, 
but I want to be amongst that. Be it the dead in Christ or those who are alive and remain. It doesn't matter to me which one. But what I don't want is to be found in that second resurrection. Are you the one? Is there one? Is there one that want to give their heart to Jesus Christ today? Is there one? Baptism, if you want to be baptized, is there one? Don't worry about, don't worry about who's on the left and who's on the right. You are here on a divine appointment to meet the master. Is there one? Loving Lord, our Father and our God, our King, ruler, master of everything. Thank you for letting us know that it's all right to be, to, 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 to doubt, to have questions. As long as we're directing those questions to you, that we let our doubts fall on your ears so that you can give us proper guidance. Many of us have questions. We pray, O oh God, that you will cover each one under the sound of my voice. We pray, O oh God, that each one here would be prepared to receive you in that great getting up morning. Thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the pastor a hand clap for that powerful message. Regardless of what's going on in your life, you know that Jesus is the only one. You don't have to look for anything else. Amen. He is the one. Praise the Lord, Pastor, for that special message. And we want to invite you next week. We know today was the official Family and Friends Day. But next week is going to be the unofficial Family and Friends Day. So we want you to invite your family and friends. And you all family and friends that came today y'all come back now you hear <laughs> all right let us stand as we have our benediction Wednesday night we're having our slam prayer meeting so just check the, the phone line we won't be on our regular prayer line we'll have our slam meeting the area wide prayer Father God we're so grateful and thankful Father for this message Knowing that you are the one. We don't have to look for another, Lord. We have our souls have found a rest, resting place in you. So, Lord, now we want to go out and tell the world about Jesus. Tell them about your love. Now, bless us and keep us as we depart from this place, but never from your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. you go.